Happy Mother's Day. Is that, is, that, is that just like you moms? Do you feel like a super mom? Do you feel pumped up after that one? That was awesome. Happy Mother's Day. I'm going to share with you this morning about the gentle hands of a mother. Um, and, and moms have gentle hands most of the time. I remember when mom didn't have gentle hands, and that was um, because probably some I did. Um, I don't know why I would even think that because... I thought I was a pretty good boy. I was. Um, anyway, uh, happy Mother's Day. And, uh, and a little later, we're going to have a drawing for three grand prizes today. And uh, every mother who came in, you received a coffee mug. You have free donuts. And guess what? For the rest of you, we have the extra donuts hidden under the counter. So there are plenty for everyone. Okay? So when you leave here, everybody can get a donut. When you leave this place, Mom, you're going to receive another free gift that we want to bless you with this day. Wow, you're saying this is a given church. Yeah, we're given because other people give. And, and this place has been remodeled completely from top to bottom. And uh, the outside with the, uh, well, the new sign and uh, faith without works is dead. God has got a plan for this place here. And uh, his church is, is starting to see the fruits of what is happening. So get ready, be a part, and enjoy the ride. And moms, uh, I like that vo- the voice announcer on that. It, that sounds just like the guy announcing the movies on TV, didn't it? All right. But I'm going to share with you from the book of 1 Kings, chapter 3. And uh, we want to uh, look towards, um, well, I don't even know what scripture verse it is, guys. I'm sorry about that. Uh, it's, I think it's 16 through 20. And, yep, that's it, 16 through 20 is the scriptures that we'll be reading. I, I studied out of a different Bible, and then I brought a Bible out here that I didn't study out of. And so you have to pardon me for just a moment, because when you get used to one Bible, you grab another one, you sort of get lost. Unless you've got one of them iPhone Bibles. There, you don't get lost. you got it right in front of you. This sermon about gentle hands. You moms have gentle hands. 
And uh, I'm going to share with you this morning about a story that may not be the best representation if you fully think about the mom that I'm going to talk about. Two prostitute mothers. He said, well, that's two weeks in a row you preached about prostitution. You preached last week downtown in the open air about a prostitute who came to Jesus. Now you're preaching in the Old Testament about two prostitutes. Except last week, I had you read my lips. Remember that? Mm -hmm. When I said, she was a... And you said, oh, yeah, I know what you said. Um, But looking at that verse, I want you to get ready. I'm going to share with you a little bit about today we celebrate Mother's Day and motherhood, and mothers are great for us. Can you say amen? How many's mom is still alive today? Your mom, I remember when she was here, we had five generations in worship service. Today we only have four. My mom died uh, just over a year ago, and so this is my second Mother's Day without my mom, but she's still in heaven just uh, in line trying to get to Jesus' feet. Uh, she's ready to worship him. And for my dad, he is, um, he won't be far from behind her. He is in hospice now, but it's on a long-term hospice, but there is some turning. He's changing and he's ready to go home. But I want to share with you the importance of moms. Mothers teach us about foresight. I'm going to just share with you some, some lessons that you receive from your moms. Mothers teach us about foresight. Listen to this. Make sure you wear a clean pair of underwear in case you have an accident. Mothers teach us about logic. If you fall out of that tree and break your neck, don't come crying to me. Mothers teach us about maturity. Eat your vegetables or you'll never grow up. Mothers teach us about religion. You better pray that comes out of the carpet. Mothers teach us about time travel. If you don't straighten up, I'm going to knock you in the middle of next week. Have any of you ever heard this before from your moms? Okay. Mothers teach us about contradictions. Shut your mouth and eat your dinner. Mothers teach us about contortionism. Will you look at the dirt on the back of your neck? Mothers teach us about perseverance. You're going to sit here until you eat the last piece of broccoli. Mothers teach us about genetics. You're just like your father. I know that's funny, isn't it? Mothers teach us about the weather. It looks like a tornado's gone through this room. Mothers teach us about the circle of life. The circle of life. I brought you into this world and I can take you out. Most of all, mothers teach us about love. And I had a good mother. And my mother, I had the honor. It was a privilege to preach her funeral. And uh, I preached about how my mom and I had the demonstration of her Bible and pen there beside the the living room furniture on her right by her chair when I was growing up. And even as she was aging, she would have a Bible and a pen. 
And her Bible is, the New Testament is all marked up with underline and notes because she studied. And I remember in the midnight hours when I was just a teenager, her in the living room praying. And I know she had to be praying for her son because her son was all messed up. Not then. I got messed up in the future. And she uh, had to be praying for me, praying for Listen, ladies, that is the best legacy that you can give. It's not uh, a legacy of finances or even hugs and kisses, but a legacy of dominating the heavens with prayers for your children. And that's why I'm here today, and that's one of the reasons why I preach with an anointing. And though I know I spend time in prayer and pray for each one of you, but it's because the hours my mom spent in prayer for me to be able to preach to you this Sunday. So now look at 1 Kings chapter 3, 16 through 28. The story here is, it says, Now two women who were harlots came to the king and stood before him, And one woman said, O my Lord, this woman, and I dwell in the same house, and I gave birth while she was in the house. I'm going to use this up here, so go with me. Go ahead. Next verse. Uh, And next verse after that. And then, all right, here we go. Then it happened the third day after I had given birth that this woman also gave birth, and we were together. No one was in the house in the house except the two of us in this house. Then the woman's son died in the night because she lay on him. So she arose in the middle of the night and took my son from my side while your maidservant slept and laid him in her bosom and laid her dead child next to my bosom. And when I rose in the morning to nurse my son there, He was dead. But when I examined him in the morning, indeed, he was not my son whom I had born. The other woman said, no, but the living one is my son and the dead one is your son. And the first woman said, no, but the dead one is your son and the living one is my son. Thus they spoke before the king. And the king said, the one says, this is my son who lives and your son is dead, the dead one. And the other one says, no, but your son is the dead one and my son is the living one. Then the king said, bring me a sword. So they brought a sword before the king. And the king said, divide the living child in two and give half to one and half to the other. Now, if you didn't know the scriptures, and this was your first time ever hearing this story, you're thinking this story is about to get very gory, but it doesn't because you've seen the movie, Your Old Brenner, right? If some of you young folks don't know who that is, y'all go on. Okay. All right. Next verse. Then the woman whose son was living spoke to the king. For she yearned with compassion for her son, and she said, Oh, my Lord, give her the living child. By no means kill him. But the other said, Let him be neither mine nor yours, but divide him. So the king answered and said, Give the first woman the living child, and by no means kill him. She is his mother. 
Now, we want to just examine a little bit before we get to sharing about these, these mothers here. This was the first act of wisdom that Solomon did uh, right after he was crowned king. God came to him a vision that night before, and as he was dreaming, the Lord spoke to him and said, I will grant you anything that you ask. And, and I will do it. So he began to think, Lord, I am really not prepared for this. I have just been thrusted into being a king. I'm paraphrasing, okay? You can read it in, in, in 1 Kings chapter 3. But he was, he was just really nervous. He, he didn't have confidence in himself of who he was as king. It says, David was a warrior king, was his father, and now he is king and he's wondering, well, how can I do this? So he began to answer God back and he says, God, give me understanding so that I may rule these people. There's a great people here and I have to sit, sit before them as they bring these cases before me and I'm to be a judge. So God said, okay, I will give you wisdom. See, he could have asked for riches and long life, but God said, because of this wisdom that you asked for, I'm going to give you riches and wealth. And we understand that through modern study today that if Solomon was alive today, he would be the wealthiest man alive today in comparison to the wealth that he had, and he didn't even ask for it. Listen, you be faithful to God. God is going to bless you. And so now he come out of the stream. He had a big breakfast. He did not have bacon and eggs because he was a Jewish, okay? But he had a great breakfast. He went to go sit on the throne. And here comes the case to him. And now he gets to, with confidence, knowing that God has given him wisdom. And perhaps he didn't even realize the wisdom that God had given to him. Because after this had happened, the news spread far and wide of the wise king that was sitting in Jerusalem. And then there was these two women who came to him. Both of the moms, both of them had just recently given a child a birth. And, and they come to him. They, they were prostitutes. They were women uh, that uh, had, uh, had a lifestyle that, um, that, that you, you know, you've seen these women uh, before. You've driven through the inner city of uh, places and you wonder, well, the, the, what, what's putting them? Why are they doing this? Why are they doing it? Because... They're trying to provide for the children, or are they involved in some kind of crack cocaine, and they're, and they're trying to get their fix? Why are some? Why is somebody living this type of lifestyle? Though this was uh, against the law in Israel, it was tolerated. And these women here, they were roommates, and they shared a place. And obviously, they had become pregnant of about the same time because their babies were born three days apart from each other. And uh, these women, they had no clue who the father was because they had been with multiple men. But it came time for them to uh, uh, give childbirth. And then, therefore, the babies were born. And as the babies were born, one mother, uh, just during the night, she was not careful. I'm going to tell you what, a careful mom is very careful of where they lay with their child. Because these children only weigh probably four maybe 10 pounds and maybe you had a, how many of you mothers had a 10 pounder? All right. You, okay. Aren't you thankful for that? Aren't you? Okay. But I, I know, I know a mom who had a 10 pounder, um, 
wow, what a great mom. But uh, you moms know what I'm talking about when it's about six pounds, right? And, and you know what? Moms have amnesia. You know that? Because during the time that it's happening, they say, I ain't doing this again. And then uh, a, a, a few months later, hey, let's have another baby. Amnesia. You done forgot about everything you went through. Well, these moms, though they were harlots, they recognized, or at least one recognized, the beauty of a child. The other harlot, if she was alive today, most likely she would not have even got to that point. She would have had that baby aborted. Thank God for the state of Georgia who passed a law, the heartbeat law. That means as soon as a heartbeat is detected, it's against the law in the state of Georgia to have an abortion now. And that heartbeat can be detected as low as six weeks. And the devil is mad. Come on, devil, get mad. Because if I lived in New York, I think I'd be moving to Georgia. Because New York is just the opposite. So, these two prostitutes come to Solomon so Solomon can hear their case. And this case is brought to him and and before uh, perhaps he's even familiar with the writing of his father in Proverbs or he might even been King Solomon wrote this where it says it's in Proverbs 127.3 it says behold children are a heritage from the Lord the fruit of the womb is a reward well this child was conceived by accident or it was conceived in sin it doesn't matter some children are conceived in a godly marriage and they're just as wonderful and blessed as this child that was conceived by a harlot then it happened as they had their children and they gave birth And this one mother laid on her child and killed her baby as it slept. She took her dead child in the middle of the night. She crept through real quietly. She removed the baby from the the living baby, put her dead baby by the one woman that was in there, took hers up, took it back to her side of the room in the bed, and then when it came time for the child to suck, the mother that, was, that had the, the live child that was stolen from her leaned over to hook the child up. And behold, she found the child was beginning to get cold and still. And when the sun rose up, as she began to caress her gentle hands upon that, she discovered that that baby was not hers because you cannot mistake your own child, ladies. You cannot swap a child out because you 
you know every part of that baby, when you look at that baby and you see every dimple, every freckle, every mole, every little five finger, the fingernails, the toenails, you recognize that is my child. I recognize the eye sockets. I recognize the little nose. You know that child. And when she saw that child was not hers, she went over to try to get her child. And the other woman said, no, that's not your baby. My baby's alive. So, the fact is, they had no one in the house but them. So, there's only two witnesses. And she's being charged for being careless, a careless mother. But there's no one around her to verify her story. There are careless mothers in this world. There are a majority of the mothers in this world are good mothers. Even if the mother does not even have a relationship with Jesus Christ, she still is a a, a good mother. Because there's a, a natural mother instinct in every one of you mothers. But there are some that don't care. There are some that will continue their lifestyle. There's some that will sacrifice their children or some that will not even uh, show affection towards the son. That's why the spirit of Molech was operating back in this days when, when mothers of the Philistines would take their live child and offer it to the God of Moloch. So now both women are claiming this living child is her own. And without a witness to evidence, Solomon now has to depend upon the wisdom that God had given him. So I could have easily said this. Well, he, I'm going to tell you what. He had to make a split decision. No pun intended, by the way. <laughs> and so he brought this child and they laid it before him and they argued their case. And he listened just like a, a, a judge would. And there was a prosecuting and defendant attorney that was representing herself. On the other hand, the mother was, this mother was saying, hey, so I want this baby here. And, and, and she, of course she wanted her child. She wanted to raise what she had, had given birth to. Though her lifestyle was questionable, her lifestyle was that of not a godly lifestyle. She still had the affection to love her child. And I'm so thankful when I look out across this place, I see godly mothers that at one time you might not have been a good mother, but because of the blood of Jesus Christ has washed your sins away and given you wisdom, you know how to raise a child now to the best of your knowledge. Because you know what? Mothers aren't perfect, are they? I mean, this mother wasn't perfect. Obviously, she wasn't perfect. She was a prostitute. But as she brought the child, notice the real mother who brought the case before the king. She had love for her child. Now, in a study from the University of Minnesota, a motherhood released uh, this week some names. They said they said a mom should get about one hundred and thirty-one thousand dollars a year. Now, uh, does that sound okay, girls? Okay, you should be based on all the work. Uh, compared to all the jobs you should receive, $131,000 a year. How many you calculate? And how much is that a week? How much is that per hour? Well, it's not a 40 hour. I'm going to tell you, it's not a 40 hour work week, by the way. Um, so when you add together the different jobs, they do obviously become valuable mothers in life. Some reports say mothers do 17 different jobs. 
Does that sound about right? Some of you may be a little bit less. Some of you may be a little bit more. Let me just tell you some of the jobs you do. Jobs are raising your, your, uh, your children. Um, psychologist, social worker, doctor, nurse, executive chef, teacher, police officer, judge, counselor, manager, dishwasher, mage, financial manager, and so on. Does that, does that, does those jobs calculate with your moms? Then, then you need to look over at the one and say, that's close to you and say, give me a raise. Um, how many of you have grown children today? Uh, have you ever felt like you, you're, you're through raising your children? <laughs> it has never stopped. It's still not finished raising your children and your grandchildren. I, um, I felt, you know, for years, even as a grown man around my parents, when I would go, go to them, I would still feel like a little boy. <laughs> you felt that way too, Bob, huh? All right. The love and affection that moms have to give their mothers, it shows what they are worth more than a three-figure salary and the love and service for their families is priceless. A real mother does all these things without expecting pay because she values her children. Let me say this. Robin gave up a lot for her children she tried to piece together uh, an education, tried to get a degree, but she didn't receive her college degree till she was in her 50s. But all three of our children have master's degrees now. I don't know if they're smarter than me because I don't have that, but, but <laughs> Caleb has a master's degree in history, Rebecca has a master's degree in finance, accounting. So if you need somebody to balance your book work, she's, and, 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 and you know, and she works for a tax accountant. Can, can you believe that? I, I mean, out of all the careers, somebody who does taxes, uh, but she works for a company that does taxes, not for our type of taxes, but she works for a company that does tax returns and tax benefits for for people who will make more money than you and I all together will see in our entire life together. God has blessed her because of her mother, taking that sacrifice to pour into her life. And at our home, we had a, a, a great mom demonstrating that love to our kids. In fact, our kids, for some reason, we never even had to set a, a time, bedtime, a time to get up. They just went to bed on their own and they got up. I'd never seen anything like it. And then my, our third child, I'm not going to say she's the best. The girl, uh, Caleb and Rebecca, which Rebecca's sitting back in the back row. They have always said that Rachel's your favorite. I am no respecter of child. Maybe that's the case with your mom, but it's not with me. I love you, Rebecca. But Rachel now has completed her sixth year of college and now has two more to go. And Dr. Rachel will be performing surgery in all of you. No, I, I think she's going into OBGYN and is going to be... Um, a baby catcher. <laughs> I don't know. It's changed three times. We'll find out. 
But Rachel is on her way today to see her mom and have steak dinner with her mom today. And the reason for these three kids, I know I had some part to play in it. I understand I have some part to play in it. But I believe the majority of the part was because of mothers. And mothers, aren't you proud of your children? Even when your children are not doing what you have raised them to do, you will search and you will find something to be proud of them about. Even if your child has messed up and gone to jail and uh, and has failed and can't hold a job, you will find something. And when somebody says, how is your child doing? You won't say, well, he got fired again. No, you no. You will say something. Well, you know what? He is out looking for a job, a better job than what he's had the other 30 times. He's done. No, no, you won't, you won't. You will tell about what the positive thing that you want because you are speaking life into your children. Is that right, moms? Because you love your child and you're, you're encouraging them. You see, a real mother does all these things without expecting any pay, even though you deserve $131,000 a year. She loves and values them through the infant stage, changing their diapers, getting them ready to feed at 3 a.m., giving them a bath, putting them... Uh, putting up with their crying and fussing while they're teething. She loves to value them through their toddler stage. And and, and she prays for them uh, to be able to walk. And then when they're walking, she worries about them about the fall. And dad says, just rub dirt on it and walk it off. When she takes them to the grocery store and they think that they can touch everything they see, she even loves them and values them through the teenage years. And why? Because the mom has gentle hands to caress her children all the way through life. When they've decided that they know everything there is to know about life, she still loves them. When everything that they do seems to lead to trouble, she loves them. When they sit up and, and they worry and going on to be okay, she worries about them going out to hang out with their, their friends at night. A real mother values, has value for their children. All of this because she realizes that her children are a gift from God. And this prostitute, even though she conceived this child in sin, had no clue who the father was, still realized that this child was a gift from God. Because all children are a gift from God. Mm -hmm. All children are a gift from God. Let me tell you, I know of a a lady who... um, whose mom was conceived when she was 12 years old because she was raped. What would, what would be the advice she would receive today? Abortion. Get rid of that child. Well, that child was born, and she was raised by her grandmother, who was the mother of the child that was raped. So the, her mother was really too young to be a mother, was raised as a sister to her. And the mother that, the, the, the child that was conceived during this rape grew up to be a wonderful woman of God 
and married a pastor and is now ordained in the ministry and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. You tell me a child does not have value in this world. A child has value in this world and that child is still preaching the word of God today. But the world would have said, get rid of it. But conceived is a gift from God. I need to read that verse again. Hang on. One here. Right here. Psalms 127.3. Behold, children are an inheritance from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. I know the fruit of the womb is a reward. I love every one of my kids. If I don't be careful, I'm going to start preaching a Father's Day message. And then... And, and then you know, you know my precious little grandbaby that's now eight years old at two years old. The one of the first sentences she could put together was, you're the best papa in the whole wide world. And now the eight-year-old's got a little attitude. So I'll do something nice for her. I said, you know why I'm doing it? Yeah, you're the best papa in the wide world. <laughs> hey, do you know why I just cooked you this? Yeah. Because you're the best papa in the whole wide world. But it was cute when she was two. It's still kind of cute now. Mothers do whatever. A real mother loves the values of their children through all because she realizes they're a gift from God. No matter what they do, she will always love them. No matter how old they get, she will always love her child. Mothers, the best thing you can do for your child... It's when they're asleep, pray for them. Tell them stories from the Bible. Give them testimonies. Tell them how much you love them. Let them know the love of God. Pour into them the word of God. And if you don't know the word of God that well, then start learning the word of God with them. One verse at a time. Just learn that. I have found that we got a we got a game at home called the board game. It's got Bible questions. It's a simple way to learn the word of God. So this woman got up in the morning and she took her gentle hands and she began to caress this child. And she knew this child something's wrong. When she saw the child. She recognized this child is not mine. You see, the real mother tells Solomon, when I rose in the morning to nurse my son, there he was dead. But when I examined him in the morning, indeed, he was not my son. She looked at her son. She held her son in her arms. She knew that her son, and so now she's holding this son, and she knows this is not my son. Because she knew her son because she had caressed him with her gentle hands. Moms, you know your child because you have touched your child. You have loved your child. Keep praying for your child. I tell you, if you're, the, if you're a mom that don't pray for your child, I guarantee you pray for your child when your child is sick, don't you? Don't just wait for them to be sick to pray for them. They need godly wisdom in their lives. So she knew every wrinkle, every dimple, every color of his eyes, how he smelled, the softness of his skin, and she recognized this is not my son. She knows her children. Ladies, you know your children. I guarantee you know your children. You can go to the Pleasant Hill Primary School and you can listen to the playground out there. 
You'll hear your child. If your child falls and gets hurt and begins to scream, what happens? You run to that child because you recognize that child's scream. You know your child. Why? Because you have caressed that child. Could you imagine Mary caressing Jesus, knowing him? She knew him. So it is said, and I heard this story, Susan Wesley, mother of 14 children, included two famous ones, Charles Wesley and John Wesley. She prayed for her children an hour each each day. That's 14 hours of prayer. You know, she knew her children. And John Wesley and, and became a great preacher and even wrote commentaries. The real mother knows everything about the child. She knows their likes and dislikes. She knows their joys and sorrows. She knows their triumphs and tri- failures. The things that she does not know, she takes time to find out. Uh, what are you doing in my room? I'm your mother. I can be in your room. What are you going through my drawers? Uh, I'm your mom. I can open those drawers. What are you looking between my mattress for? I'm your mom. It's my business. True moms? If you don't want me nosing in those drawers, then you, when you're 18, get a job and move out. Is that okay, moms? Joel, is your mom nosing in your bedroom yet? All right. Have you got some things you're trying to hide? You do? Okay. You know why mom does it? Because she wants her child to be successful. And things that are inappropriate, that are hidden in your house, moms, does not belong there. And you have every right and authority to get it out, throw it, destroy it even confront your child about it and you can even be like this you can yell at them and all you're yelling at them they're hearing i love you mom they may not comprehend it to their grown up and then they realize the reason why mom was talking to me like that is because she had gentle hands and she wanted me to grow up and be right and be successful and i'm tell you what it's more than being successful in your career it's being successful in your spiritual life and growing up in a godly house and a godly place of worship because then your grandchildren can grow up that way I have got more stuff to talk about, but I'm going to cut it out a little bit shorter here. So get ready to find us some prayer music back there in the back. The real mother loves her children in verse 23 through 38. But I want you to notice what they did. They came to the most powerful man in Israel, King Solomon. And at this time, he was the most powerful man in the whole world. Because Israel at this time had over a million men in their army. They were a force to be defeated. And so these two women come to the most powerful man in the world, the king. And millions of people living in Israel, how did they get an audience with the king? They had to just do it. And they came and stood before the king. One prostitute was not a good mother. The other one was a good mother. And as they came to the king, 
And he listened to them argue their case. And then he said, bring me a sword. And they brought him a sword and he looked at one of his guards and he says, okay, I want you to cut this baby in half and give both halves to each mother. And I could just picture that, that man bringing back that sword. And as he's about to bring it down, I don't imagine the mom said, stop. I can imagine she threw herself over that child and covered him. That is what these mothers did. There was a mom down in, 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 the, in the storms in Joplin. She threw herself over her children to spare them, and she gave her life as the tornado sucked her out of the house, but her children were spared. You moms love your children enough that you would throw yourself. She threw herself over that child as that sword came down, and that moment I could see a smile coming up over King Solomon's face for he knew which was the right mom and as the woman stood back up he says give the child to that woman for surely this son belongs this living son belongs to that mom right there because she cares and she loves when she did not have an answer and she could have gone the rest of her life fighting and, and, and saying, that's my child and no one to represent it. She knew I could go to one place and that is King Solomon because he's got the wisdom as a king to lead and he'll make the right decisions. You know what? You have a king today that's greater than King Solomon. Moms, you might not know what to do and you might be going through, I don't know how to handle this son. I thought I knew how to handle it when there's a toddler. Now they're teenagers. I thought I knew how to handle it when there are teenagers, but now they're grownups and they're still having troubles and they're making mistakes. They're, they're, they're dating, they're married, they're going through a divorce. They're, now they're going on their second and their third marriage. God, what do I do? How can I help this child? You still have a king to go to and his name is King Jesus and he is the wisest of the wise. He gave Solomon the wisdom and, wi and Solomon's wisdom wasn't anywhere close to his wisdom. Ladies, listen to what I got to say. Go to the king. Go to the king. Daily go to the king and say, King Jesus, I need your advice. I need wisdom. How do I answer this child that's broken? How do I answer this child that's about to make a foolish mistake? How can I guide this child today that's about to, that wants to take this job that I don't think would be good for them, but I, how, how can I tell them that? God, give me wisdom. And then you don't, go and run to them and say, I don't think you need to do this. Wisdom for God to open up the door. And when God opens up the door, whew, guess what? He'll begin to speak it through you. Let's stand, everyone right now. Give me some music back there. I love you, moms. Yesterday, I was coming back from Independence, spending the day with Dad. And Mom's grave is up here Floral at Floral Hills, Floral Hills on 50 Highway. And uh, I have Carter with me, and she says, let's go see my great-grandma. So right there at the exit, she knew exactly where to go. And we went out there, and she walked out. And she didn't want to stay too long because she started to miss her great-grandma. But there, that's just 
that's just de- decaying flesh in that gravesite now. She's in a casket. She's entombed in a, in a vault, and she's laying under the, the ground there. And, and beside, there's a spot that's reserved for Dad, but that's not her. Um, not no more. That was just a that was just a package that she lived in while she was here on Earth, giving me guidance and wisdom. My mom sacrificed a lot for me. Uh, uh, during times where she didn't have anything, she made sure that I had something. She'd make sure I had everything I needed to go. You know, and she wasn't a perfect mom by any, any means. You know, my mom was old-time Pentecost where, where uh, boys didn't wear, you know, we had to wear pants. And she never put on a pair of pants after she got saved because, you know, you know, women don't wear pants. That was her belief. And, and I remember she, I didn't get involved in sports because, you know, back in the in the in the 80s uh, well shorts were not like they are today shorts they are like here but you know your, your shorts athletic shorts but yeah they was up here and so uh, I, I didn't do that so I, I could have pressed it I but I, I honored her and I didn't get involved though I did play baseball in high school and and I'm thinking wow, wow this was amazing that a guy playing in a high school band marching in the trumpet could was the fastest runner in the whole school but didn't participate. So that, growing up, I had to battle with that, but I honored my mom. 